This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 25th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. A new budget deal winding its way through Congress raises spending, suspends a federal borrowing limit for two years, and does nothing to restrain massive deficits. So what might trigger a debt disaster? Cato's Chris Edwards comments. It almost seems like a fairy tale to suggest that there once was a political party or maybe two political parties that treated uh, national debt as a serious concern. Where are we now with respect to uh, members of either the Democratic or Republican parties who actually treat debt, uh, government debt, as a serious problem? Well, I think both parties are completely overrun with uh, big spenders. Uh, The Wall Street Journal does an editorial today where they sort of frame it as if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats were the big spenders on Capitol Hill and Republicans, you know, are having a hard time getting a fiscally conservative deal with her and the the Democrats. I think that's just uh, really wrong. You cannot understand the federal budget thinking about it that way. The truth is the vast majority of members in both parties in House and Senate are big spenders, have uh, very little interest in cutting deficits and debt, um, selfishly protect their own programs and defend their own programs. I mean, a classic example of this is perhaps one of the most uh, conservative members in theory in in the Senate is Ted Cruz from uh, Texas, but he pushed and voted for two giant uh, disaster aid bills uh, this year and last year uh, because they provided billions of dollars for his home state of Texas. So all, all of these members, they prioritize uh, spending on all their favorite programs in their states, and really none of them uh, go out on a limb to actually uh, push spending cuts. It's really uh, remarkable. And so this is why we have a trillion-dollar deficit, and this is why we're heading, uh, heading for a budget uh, disaster and economic crisis down the road. So uh, the president has said uh, at different times, one, uh, by the time any of this is a substantial problem, I'll be out of office, I'm paraphrasing, uh, and more recently has pledged spending cuts after uh, the election of 2020. Right. The only thing I would I would give Trump credit for is that his uh, three budgets so far he have proposed substantial spending cuts, more so than President Bush or Obama or Clinton, for example. Uh, however, he hasn't followed through. He he has uh, his chief of staff, Mr. Mulvaney, and his budget director are both fiscal conservatives, and they do push for spending cuts. Uh, unfortunately, Trump himself is uh, you know all talk. And no action. Uh, I don't believe at all that he'll push spending cuts in his second term if reelected. Um, of course, the, you know, the alternative, it looks like with the, the 20 or so Democrats running for president, they're all big spenders as well. So uh, we're in for an ugly number of years uh, in a possible, uh, you know, debt disaster, uh, you know, pretty soon down the road. With deficits are now a trillion dollars. Uh, or more uh, a year and rising. Um, if we have a recession uh, or another war or some other big contingency, deficits might soar even higher. Uh, we've already got the highest debt in our peacetime history. It really is disastrous, and it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a mystery why there's so little interest in dealing with the problem in Congress. Uh, what appetite is there among voters? It doesn't seem like voters really care about it. 
Uh, you know, deficits and debt are still uh, of concern to voters. They're not the, you know, in current polling, they're not the top concern, but they are still a concern. But, you know, he, part of my criticism of especially Republicans on Capitol Hill is that they don't use their bully pulpit. They don't use their prominent position to help educate uh, the public. I mean, I you know, I'm a a cable news TV watcher, for example, and I virtually never see uh, Republicans uh, on the news channels talking about the need for deficit restraint and spending cuts and that sort of thing. So they are not leading. Uh, the media and the public won't be interested in, de in deficits unless they hear the, the message from Washington that there is a big problem there. So with respect to uh, the, the pledge made by the president to talk about uh, or to, to push for substantial spending cuts in uh, after 2020, you know, how seriously should we take that? Well, I mean, he, he, he does, again, have people in his administration that are pushing spending cuts. Trump, of course, uh, often says things that aren't true. So, I, you know, I wouldn't really put anything in his words. P perhaps, um, you know, perhaps he will, and that would be great. I mean, the uh, there are a lot of uh, plans right on the shelf for cutting spending um, from the Cato Institute and from other think tanks in Washington that he could take right off the shelf and, and push hard to implement if he wanted to. But if he is reelected, he's, he's going to have to have some clear uh, spending cut goals, and he's going to have to uh, really dig in his heels and uh, and close down the government for extended periods of time, um, uh, veto bills, uh, and uh, and really push hard. Uh, of course, one of the big questions is we don't know who will hold, hold the House uh, after the next election. And of course, if the Democrats hold the House, uh, the Democrats are mainly these days uh, they're moving quite far left, and they show very little or no interest in dealing with deficits either. So, you know, even if Trump does tilt the spending cuts in his second term, if the Democrats still hold the House, of course, it'll be very difficult to agree uh, on any reforms with them. Let's talk about what might trigger a debt crisis. Uh, you mentioned a war or some some you know expensive military engagement, um, but also. Just the price of U.S. borrowing could trigger a debt crisis, couldn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the uh, the, the thing about debt crises is we don't know when they're going to come. I mean, uh, virtually all economists missed the the deep recession ten years ago. Uh, people didn't see the 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 debt crises in uh, southern European countries um, um, happening before they happened. So uh, Greece's uh, debt. A decade ago, before they went into crisis, was about 120% of GDP. Well, today, our federal and state debt is is almost as high as that, about 110% of GDP. So U.S. debt, government debt, is already very high. Um, and, and so what happens in a debt crisis is creditors start getting suspicious that uh, country's going to be able to pay back the debt, um, and interest rates start rising. Uh, that push, pushes up interest costs on the uh, federal uh, government's budget. It starts squeezing out all other spending. Government has to uh, quickly do drastic cuts. Um, and uh, or in Washington, Washington so dysfunctional, it, it would probably have a dysfunctional reaction to what uh, markets are are telling it, and that would cause creditors to get even more scared, and that'll push up interest rates higher. It'll be sort of like a death spiral, unfortunately. And because the U.S. economy is about a quarter of the world's economy, this is going to have global implications. Does the U.S. have allies that might uh, be able to nudge the United States to be more responsible? 
Well, you know, the United States is uh, is different, of course, because, uh, you know, the, the U.S. dollar is seen as a safe haven. So even if the U.S. government uh, budget policy is irresponsible, we still seem to uh, get people who want to hold U.S. government debt. So that has sort of saved us so far. I mean, other countries like Sweden and Canada and, and Britain have got into uh, fiscal and debt uh, trouble, and they've been able to fix their uh, – they're, they're forced to fix their problem, and they have fixed their problem. Uh, one of the, the concerns, I think, is not just – it's not just that U.S. debt is so high. It's that Washington is so dysfunctional that when a crisis comes – uh, it, it will probably be a, a much longer and more extended disastrous economic situation be, because, uh, you know, Congress and, and whoever's in the White House at the time won't be able to agree on what the fixes are. Uh, Mr. Mnuchin of the Treasury Department has suggested that a, a debt crisis could be triggered uh, if uh, re- related to the debt limit that is now sort of this perennial uh, fight over um overspending and uh, the amount of debt that the U.S. is allowed to contract. Is there any reason to believe that this fight uh, before Congress people go on recess uh, will be any different? Well, there's two sort of uh, time limits coming up. One is the fiscal year ends at the end of September, and we don't have a a budget agreement for spending in the new year that starts uh, October 1st. And the second is, is that we've already reached our statutory debt limit. And the Treasury has been doing some fancy accounting like it usually does um, to to keep the to keep us just below that limit, but they're going to be uh, running out of fancy accounting maneuvers by September. So that'll be the real crunch time uh, when we have to uh, we we have to uh, pass some measure to uh, to increase the debt limit. So uh, these debt limits in the past have triggered uh, big budget uh, battles. Conservative Republicans in Congress in the past have tried to tie some spending reforms to this debt limit. And uh, House Republican conservatives are saying they want to get some extract some spending cuts if we were to have a big budget deal uh, over the next month or so. I don't know whether they're going to be successful. You may remember last year, um, uh, Trump uh, triggered he he uh, he listened to the House conservatives and and he uh, that triggered him to uh, to veto. A budget deal and that caused the, the longest government shutdown uh, in many uh, decades. I don't know whether there's going to be that sort of um, uh, uh, that battle this time or whether uh, Trump will just sign into law whatever Congress sends him. We will see. Chris Edwards directs tax policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.